Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello, and welcome to Pet Talk. Uh, this is the Behavior Edition, and my name is Lori Fass, and I haven't been on the air, I think, now for 16 months. I feel sort of like I'm, I snuck in here and I'm getting away with something. Um, and people who are usually listening at this time on Saturdays would be listening to Garden Talk. And uh, for those of you who did not know, uh, Len decided that after a long stretch of doing Garden Talk every Saturday for two hours that uh, he would like to take a break and not do it anymore. So in place of Garden Talk, we now have Law Talk, which was just on, and now Pet Talk. So I know some of you who are listening have heard the show before, but for those of you who haven't, uh, Pet Talk is unique in that it alternates between myself and Dr. Dennis, who's a veterinarian. So there's the behavior edition, which is why I said this is the behavior edition, and the medical edition, which is Dr. Dennis. And uh, sometimes there's other programming, sports programming that might circumvent this. But generally speaking, we alternate. So uh, next week will be Dr. Dennis, the following week will be me, etc. So this is primarily a call-in show, so I'm always happy to take calls, and I wanted to announce the numbers. I was wondering if I would remember what the numbers were, but I think I've said them so many times, it's just sort of automatic. So call in to 1-800-966-WTIC or 860-522-WTIC. And uh, when you call in, you'll get our producer, Anthony. He'll screen your call, put you up on the computer screen for me to flash over and take the call. So if you have any kind of questions about 
about your pet's behavior. I'm here to answer them for you. And uh, some of you who are listening uh, may say, hmm, I have a question, but... I don't know if I want to be on the radio. Well, first of all, if you do call in, you would be surprised uh, by how many people have similar questions. Um, There's so many things that pets do that you think, oh, you know, this is unique to me. This is some awful situation that I have to deal with. Um, but in reality, there's probably quite a few other people who have a similar problem. So when you call in uh, trying to get help for your particular problem, you're also getting help for other people who have similar issues. So that might not seem like that's the case, but it is absolutely the case. So once again, call in numbers 1-800-966-WTIC or 860-522-WTIC. And I also offer people the opportunity, if you want to talk to me off the air, uh, for whatever reason, um, you can contact me through my um, email or my business phone number. And the best way to access that is to just uh, check on my website, which is Fass. Dogtraining.com. Okay, so that having been said, I wanted to share with you um, some information about a product that is a new product to me. I never heard of it before. And I'm always interested in checking out new products to see if they work. Um, and sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. So this particular product is a dog ear plug. And that sounds kind of crazy, but it's um, designed for animals who are afraid of thunder and lightning or animals who are afraid of fireworks or just really any noise. Um, I recently got a call from someone who uh, just rescued a dog, which is happening all the time these days, and uh, the dog is nervous of certain types of sounds. Um, So, you know, those foam earplugs that uh, people get for humans, and you kind of squish them down, and then you put them in your ear canal, and then they expand out. This kind of looks like that, um, but it's a little bigger, and they come in different sizes for different dogs. Um, And the name of the product is Crit Ear, C-R-I-T-T, Ear. And I put a link to it on my website um, under the title of uh, Dog Earplugs or Earplugs, and I have it on my links page. So the reason that I thought that this might work is because I've had more than a few people tell me that uh, as their dogs got older and lost their hearing, they were no longer afraid of loud noises. And so, you know, I'm not endorsing this product because for all I know, it won't, you know, it won't work for your dog. It might work for your dog. I really don't know. But I always find it interesting when there's a new possible product that might help a dog. So, for instance, one of the things that I've talked about on the air before, which probably many of you have heard about, is uh, something called Thunder Shirt, which is basically uh, like a compression vest for your dog. And if a dog is afraid of, well, somebody used it on a car ride because the dog was getting very anxious in the car and it worked great. Um, It's supposed to be for fear of thunder or noises and that kind of thing. Now, the Thundershirt product comes with a money back guarantee. So you can put it on your dog, get it all haired up. And if it doesn't work, you can give it back. But when I first heard of this product, I thought, wow, that sounds kind of silly to me. I mean, I don't know. That sounds kind of wacky. I don't know why that would work. Um, but you know, what would, what percentage of dogs does it help? I'd say maybe 25%. 
from my experience, maybe a little more. But, um, you know, 25% isn't great, but it's enough that I would be willing to try it, uh, particularly with the money back guarantee. But I think this uh, earplug thing that I just heard about is kind of promising. And I think it's uh, it's a product that's worth checking out. So again, it's called Crit Ear. It's a foamy earplug that you put in your dog's ear. And if your dog is afraid of noises, um, you can use this to help calm them down. And it might have other applications too. Like for instance, dogs who bark excessively when they hear other dogs barking, um, maybe it might be useful for that. I don't know. I just heard of it this week. So I thought, wow, this is it's it's rare that I hear of some product that I've never heard of before or never experienced before, but this is one of them. So I thought it would be fun to share it with people and maybe somebody out there might want to try it. And if you do try it and it works or doesn't work, I'm always interested in uh, getting feedback on whether or not that that was a productive thing or not. But, uh, you know, again, there's all, there's, there are so many different kinds of things. I, uh, in the back of my car, um, I have a hatchback. I carry with me all different kinds of collars and um, different devices and things. I feel like I'm a traveling snake oil salesman because if there's a type of a collar or harness or something, I'm likely to have it in the back of my car. And uh, when I'm working with different people, I'm not really sure exactly. I, you know, I usually have a pretty good educated guess of what I think is going to work, but I have all sorts of other things on hand in case that doesn't work because every situation is different. And I try to tailor what I'm doing for each individual person and situation. So anyway, I think we might need to go to a break. And um, you're listening to Pet Talk on WTIC. And again, the Behavior Edition, we're going to take a little break. And then we'll be right back. Walking in the street, looked up and noticed he was nameless, he was homeless. She asked him his name and told him what hers was. He gave her a story about life with a glint in his eye and a corner of a smile. One conversation, a simple moment, the things that change us. If we notice when we look up, sometimes they said I would never make it, but I was built to break the mold. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own So I sing a song for the hustlers Trading at the bus stop Single mothers waiting on a jet to come Young teachers, student doctors Sons on the front line Knowing they don't get to run This goes up to the underdog Keep on keeping at what you love And you'll find that someday soon enough You will rise up, rise up, yeah Hello and welcome back Pet Talk on WTIC. I was explaining earlier how I've been off the air for 16 months. Last week uh, was the first edition of Pet Talk, and that was Dr. Dennis. My name is Lori Fass, and I'm here to answer whatever questions you have about your pet's behavior. It could be your dog. It could be your cat. Every once in a while, I'll get a question about some other animal, and 
Sometimes I can come up with a good answer, but primarily it's dogs and cats. And this is a new time slot for Pet Talk. Pet Talk used to be two to three, and this used to be Garden Talk. So if you're used to hearing Garden Talk, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know too much about gardening. If you saw my garden, you'd <laughs> you'd kind of get a clue that I'm not the person you want to ask about those sorts of things. But uh, Len retired, and it, we're all sad to see him go, and I feel kind of bad taking his spot. But just so you know, uh, from here on out, at least for a while anyway, from uh, 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock is going to be pet talk. And from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock, which again is the garden talk time, is uh, law talk. So if you'd like to call into the show, you're very welcome to do so at 860-522-WTIC or 1-800-966- WTIC. So the 860-522-WTIC, 800-966-WTIC. So I'm sure this has been pretty much a crazy time for everybody, regardless of um, what you do for work or what you're doing in your life. And uh, when this whole pandemic thing started happening, um, I think I probably went about six weeks and I wasn't working with anybody at all. And then the next thing was that uh, I started working with people outside. And as time has gone on, I've kind of moved back into doing more of what I was doing before. I'm doing group classes. In fact, I'm starting a group in Windsor tomorrow. Um, But as things have gotten back to somewhat normal, um, I find that I've been just, I think, probably busier than I've ever been in, in this business Ever, And I don't know if that's because um, people were getting a lot of dogs during the pandemic. Uh, That was one thing that was speculated. So when people ask me for help or I'm doing a private lesson or they're in my group, I ask them if they got their dog because of the pandemic. And honestly, you know, some people are saying that, but not that many, not as many as I thought. So I'm not really sure I can account for why I'm getting as much business as I am right now. Um, One of the speculations was that uh, when people were home, they were watching all these dog training shows because there's quite a few of them. And uh, I do know that some people have called me as a result of watching a dog training show. And maybe it's possible that uh, people didn't really think of hiring a dog trainer to help with whatever problem they had. And then they started watching these shows and uh, they said, hey, hmm, maybe this isn't such a bad idea. But whatever the case may be, it's certainly been uh, a strange past year and it's not quite over yet. It's still a little strange, but hopefully we'll be more or less normal as time goes on. Now, one of the things that, uh, you know, People, I, th- I think this has been a trend for a while, but maybe more people are getting more dogs now. But uh, people are getting a lot of dogs that they're getting from rescue. And what's funny is that if somebody contacts me, one of the first questions I ask is, well, what kind of a dog do you have? And very often they'll tell me it's a rescue dog. <laughs> but a rescue dog is where you got your dog from or it's not what kind of a dog. There's no such thing as a rescue dog any more than there's a dog that I paid money at a breeder dog because that could be anything. So when someone tells me they have a rescue dog, I'll say, okay, well, 
I know that's where you got your dog, but what kind of a dog is it? And usually they'll tell me at least one more time, sometimes two more times, that it's a rescue dog. And so then I have to ask them, okay, well, uh, how old is your dog? How big is your dog? What type of fur does your dog have? What color is it? And then I get a better idea of, of what I'm dealing with here. But what becomes somewhat interesting about that is that uh, when someone tells me it's a rescue dog and it's a mix between uh, – somebody said they had a dog that was a mix between a Vishla and a Chihuahua. And uh, it was like, okay, uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It's possible. Um, or, you know, this dog is a border collie, but the dog weighs 90 pounds. Uh, and, uh, you know, it doesn't really, other than being black and white, it really doesn't look much like a border collie. So people have a tendency to describe what breed they think a dog is based on what color it is. And color is probably one of the last things that you want to look at to determine what type of a dog you have. So um, I really have to ask a lot of interesting questions to try to nail that down. And then a lot of people have taken up doing DNA testing. Uh, and some people say, oh, you know, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to love my dog regardless. And okay, well, that's good. You know, I think you should love your dog regardless. But it is helpful. I, it really is helpful because there are certain types of breed characteristics that um, – are common with certain types of dogs and it might explain certain kinds of behaviors a little bit if you know what type of dog it is. So if you really want to know what type of a dog your rescue dog is, then it probably is a good idea to do the DNA testing. So anyway, um, I have a call here and I'm going to see what I can do. Hi, Judy. Hi. Um, we rescued a dog about uh, you know, 10, 11 months ago. Um, they said he was good with dogs and good with people. Hey, Judy, um, I'm just going to interrupt you for one second because I know okay. I'm coming up on a break. So my guess is I'm not going to be able to answer your question because I see it's going to involve some dog aggression issue. So as we're talking, would you mind if when we get to that point – if I put you on hold and then pick up the call okay. again, is that going to yeah, be okay fine. with you? Okay, yeah, so fine. so you said you got a rescue dog, and I don't know if you heard me talking or not. But what what kind of a dog do you think this it's is? It's a little a dog. He, they say he's half a Lassa and half Terrier, but I don't see much Lassa in him. Okay, how big um, is he? Well, I don't know, eighteen pounds maybe. Okay, all right, and about how so, old? Uh, they said he was four, but I think he's a little older, four or five. Okay, all right. Now, you so, said he's anyway, got some issues here. <laughs> I, yes, I have to walk him in the morning and then again at night. Um, he likes to do his business, you know, walking. Um, but if if we see someone with a dog on a leash, he goes completely crazy. Um it's unbelievable. I have to hide or I have to make sure there's nobody around. It, it's so embarrassing. And he'll choke himself to death. And it, I mean, he just goes after no matter the size of the dog. Okay. And 
Now, I don't, I don't understand why. Well, it could be a lot of things. Um, a lot of dogs, this is actually a really common problem that people will tell me that their dog acts aggressive when they're on a leash. And sometimes people will say the same dog, if they met a dog off a leash, they'd be fine. But in, you know, whether that's true or not is not really necessarily yeah, helpful. Yeah, everybody we're not- tells yeah, people tell me I should do that. No, afraid, you know, no, 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 no. We do not want to do that because even if it's true, we don't know what the other dog's going to do. And it might not be true, mm-hmm. but I'm just bringing that up as it's a common thing. So, you know, what we need to do is come up with something that's going to disrupt his behavior. And when I'm working with somebody privately, I work around with my dogs as distractions. And the main thing that I teach is to keep the leash loose and not have pressure on the leash. But that's something that I can't explain on the radio so i'm going to try and come up with some other ideas for you but now i have to put you on hold okay will you mind being on hold no that's fine okay so we'll be back after this i was snoozing on the sofa when she came in from work she started baby talking as she laid down her purse has mama's boogie-woogie, has her big sweetie pie I kind of smiled and I opened one eye Did mama's hunky lovey-dovey have a hard day? I was just about to answer when I heard her say Him so fat and lazy but him sweet as can be That's when I knew she wasn't referring to me Oh, I wish she talked to me Hello and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. This is Lori Fass and you're listening to the Behavior Edition of the show. Uh, I have Judy on hold and I'm going to get right back to her, but I do have time for other people to call in and that would be at 1-800-966-WTIC or 860-522-WTIC. And so we're going to get right back to Judy and see what I can do for her. Hi, Judy. Hello. Thanks for waiting. Okay, you still there? I'm there. Okay, all right. So anyway, I mean, when I work with somebody in person, um, I teach their dog to not pull at all. If your dog is not pulling at all, then they're not going to be doing this. But that is not something I can tell you on the radio. So that would be sort of like, you know, you're calling the plumber and telling them uh, you've got your pipe is leaking and you need to have the plumbing replaced, but the plumber's going to tell you uh, some something you can tape it up with, okay? So I'm going to give you some other things that you can try and uh They may help you. uh, They may not. It it may come down to that you actually have to schedule a lesson. But let me, I'm going to give you two suggestions, okay? You ready? Yep. Okay. So the first suggestion is a product that's called a calming cap. Okay. It's not a little hat. Sounds like it. But basically, do you know anything about horses? A little. Okay. You know how sometimes with horses, they'll put something over their eyes so they don't get spooked right. by things? Well, this is right. that a version of that for a dog. It kind of goes over their eyes, and it makes their vision a little blurred, and they tend to not be so reactive to things when they, they're wearing this. No. He loves his walk. 
Well, no, no. I'm he, I'm saying when he I sees mean, a I dog. <laughs> I'm no, saying when I, he sees a dog, it's not going to affect his ability to enjoy his walk. It's going to affect his ability to f- zero in on a dog across the street, and it may not work. Yeah. But that's a poss. It might work. It does work for some dogs. So that's suggestion number one. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now we're going to give you suggestion number two. All right. Now suggestion number two is a little trickier, so you're going to have to bear with me on this one, and you might even want to write this down. Um, there's a product called Granix Bitter Apple. Have you ever heard of that before? No. How do you spell Granix? G-R-A-N-N-I-C-K-S. Okay. All right. Now, Granix Bitter Apple has quite a lot of alcohol in it, and I don't really like it. So what I do is I take the bitter apple and I boil it for about 15 minutes. And that removes a lot of the alcohol. So now it's a concentrate. So let's say I started out with eight ounces and I boil it. Now I've got five ounces. So so now I'm going to add the three ounces back to reconstitute it. But now it doesn't have all that alcohol in it. You following me so far? Yep. Okay. So now the bottle that it comes in, if you were to dispense it, it comes out in kind of a poofy mist spray. And I don't like that either. So we take the bitter apple that we removed the alcohol from and we put it into a bottle that comes out like in a thick, steady stream, sort of like a sample shampoo bottle, something like that. Okay. All right. So this stuff tastes pretty bad. So you're walking down the street and here's your dog getting all crazy and you grab him kind of short so you don't miss and you hold on to him and you say, quiet, and then you squirt that right on his nose and mouth. You don't have to pour it down his throat or anything like that. If it goes on his nose and his lips, he's going to go, bleh, bleh, that tastes terrible. So if you say, quiet, and he gets a good taste of bitter apple, he might say, hmm, maybe when I hear quiet, maybe I should think about being quiet. Okay. Now you have to get it into a space where he tastes it because I had someone tell me, oh, I'm doing this. It's not working at all. And I had kind of a funny feeling about what they were doing. So I gave them a bottle that had water in it. And I said, here, why don't you show me what you're doing? And she took the bottle with the water and she was sprinkling it on top of her dog's head. It looked like she was seasoning soup. (laughs) Okay. And so needless to say, that did not work at all. Okay, so do you get what I'm okay. saying with the bitter apple? So, so after a while, he'll just respond so you say quiet. To quiet. You say quiet, and he goes, "Oh, I don't care about your stupid command." Then you squirt him. You say quiet, and he goes, "Oh, when you say quiet, if I'm not quiet, I taste bitter apple. So when I hear the word quiet, I should be quiet." How long does that last for him? Like how long does what last? The taste. The taste. Yeah, uh, I don't taste. know. I mean, that's a good question. I think it lasts for a little while. I mean, I've tasted it. It's not too good. <laughs> and it depends on the dog. I mean, some dogs... And where do you, where you, do you buy that? Uh, well, some pet stores carry it. You can get it online. You can get it from Amazon. There's different places you can get it. Okay, but, you know, I mean, every dog is different. So, you know, some dogs I could squirt them with bitter apple and they won't care at all. They'll just say, well, I've had better, but so what? And then other dogs I'll squirt with bitter apple and I won't hear a peep out of them ever again. Um, So I don't know what his reaction is going to be. 
And then with the calming cap thing, I've worked with that with some dogs. It worked great. I thought, wow, this I'm really surprised at how well this is working. And then other dogs it might not work that great with. So, you know, and, and you can look up the calming cap and look at how, you know, look at reviews and people are going to tell you what they used it for and they're going to tell say what it worked well for, what it didn't work well for. But, you know, I mean, I'm trying to be helpful and give you a sense that there are things that you can do but I haven't met you and I haven't met your dog. So, you know, I'm kind of winging it a little bit because we're on the radio, (laughs) okay? So, um, you know, so without actually working with you, I would say one of those two things might be your best bet. So if you're working with the dog, Mm -hmm. you, how would you get him to, I mean, like you would, well, I would show you. You would teach him how not to do that. I would show you how to teach him not to do that. Right. It doesn't matter if I can teach him how to do it because I don't live with him. <laughs> and is, is, is that is that possible? Yeah, I do it all the time. Yeah, I mean, some dogs okay. are more difficult than others. I mean, some most dogs I see a significant improvement immediately. Some dogs, all they need is one lesson. But you know, some dogs need two or three lessons. But um, it's not it's not an uncommon problem. It's an extremely common problem. If I went through my appointment book, um, I'm sure I've seen at least four dogs this month that have that problem. Is it a, is it a protective response? I think it's a, a, hy- a hyper excited response. He's frustrated. He's on the leash. And it becomes almost like a recreational thing. You know how dogs run fence lines back and forth. <laughs> back and forth okay so it's kind of like that so i don't know that he has some noble intention to protect you i don't even think he's thinking about you to be honest i think he's just getting himself all fired up yeah yeah exactly okay well thank you very much i'll look these two things yeah try it out and you know if you still have questions you can contact me off the air um and you can find all my information on my website Lori fast dog training okay Okay, thank you. All right. Well, hopefully that'll work. Okay. Okay. Good bye luck bye. to you. Okay. Bye-bye. Hello, and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. My name is Lori Fass, and I'm here for the next 10 minutes. And then I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Next week is going to be Dr. Dennis, which is the medical edition of Pet Talk. And um, as I mentioned earlier, if you have questions or you would like to contact me, but you can't or don't want to call into the radio, you can contact me through my website at LoriFastDogTraining.com. And if you do want to call in, uh, we have open lines at 1-800-966-WTIC or 860-522-WTIC. Now, before the break, I was talking about how uh, I've just been incredibly busy and a lot of people are getting dogs that uh, are rescues or various types of breeds they're getting from rescue mixes and all sorts of interesting combinations of creatures. Uh, But another type of dog that I have seen a 
amazing amount of lately are various types of doodles, which are poodle mixes, in case you did not know that. Now, when I first started doing dog training years ago, um, cockerpoos were a common um, poodle mix, which is basically a cocker spaniel poodle mix. Um, I'd also work with dogs that were schnoodles, which I don't know when the last time I ever saw a schnoodle was, but a schnoodle is a schnauzer poodle mix. And then I remember uh, Labradoodle seemed to be the first big poodle mix craze. And as time went on, it became Golden Doodles. And now uh, pretty much people are mixing just about anything with a poodle. Uh, Bernese Mountain Dogs, you get a Burn Doodle. Or uh, Old English Sheepdog, you get a Sheepa Doodle. Um, Cavapoo, which is a... Cavalier King Charles Spaniel mixed with a poodle. But the golden doodle thing seems to be like really getting out of control. And I say that because anytime you have a breed of dog that becomes incredibly popular, people start breeding them recklessly. And uh, that happened many, many years ago with Cocker Spaniels, who were known to be a very docile, easily trained, sweet, dog. And over time, Cocker Spaniels became a breed of dog that you would see a really high incidence of bites and nasty, not good behavior, certainly uncharacteristic of what Cocker Spaniels were supposed to be like. And that seems to be happening with Golden Doodles. So in the past few months, I've worked with and met and heard of more than my fair share of golden doodles that are biting people and sometimes pretty hard. So people think, oh, well, you know, golden doodles, that's that's a nice dog. That has a good temperament. I'm going to get a golden doodle and I'm going to be all set to go because it's a nice dog. And there is no one breed of dog of any kind that all representatives of that particular breed are going to be great dogs. And the more popular a dog becomes, the greater the probability that you're going to have a problem with it. And as far as I'm concerned, that's one of the big problems that we have with pit bulls. It's not that pit bulls are horrible, rotten dogs, but if you go to a dog pound, you're going to find a huge disproportionate number of pit bulls, which basically means that they're in the pound because irresponsible people couldn't take care of them properly, and that's why they're there. So if you have a huge amount of a certain type of dog that people are overbreeding, there's too many of them, we're going to have a problem, and that's what happened with pit bulls. So, you know, to say that golden doodles are the next pit bull. Well, I'm not necessarily saying that, but what I'm saying is that um, you need to be careful. Um, if you're getting a dog from a rescue, from a breeder, one of the things that I use as a measure of whether or not I think this is a reputable person and somebody to be trusted is that a good breeder is somebody who really cares about their dogs. They want to make sure that their dog is well-suited for you, that you're well-suited for the dog, that this is a happy ending, and that um, there are no problems. And if there were to be some kind of problem, that they would take full and complete responsibility for their dog at any moment in time, including years down the road. Um, and that's certainly not how one might want to go about 
adopting a dog that, oh, well, you know, I could just give it back if I don't like it. You know, you should have some kind of commitment here. But unforeseen things happen. And a breeder who, in my opinion, really cares will make some provision for that so that, you know, they'll sometimes even have you sign contracts where they are co-owners of the dog so that you can't just get rid of the dog. You need to contact them. Um, or they will tell you, yes, if there's ever a problem, I will step in and I will make sure that this dog is okay. And I apply that same standard to rescue organizations. Um, some of the rescue groups take dogs from all over the place. They're kind of shipped here, shipped there. And if you have a problem... Well, good luck with that. Um, they're not going to take the dog back or it's, it's really super sketchy. And, um, you know, if you find yourself in that position, particularly with a dog who has some sort of aggression problem, it can be very serious. So, you know, as I say, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, you want to be getting a dog the same way you might be buying some product, you know, Try it for 10 days. If you don't like it, send it back and you owe us nothing. I don't, you know, it should not be a frivolous kind of a decision. But anybody who really cares about their dogs are going to make sure that everybody's okay. The dog is okay. You're okay. Everybody's happy. Everybody's safe. And if you can't deal with somebody that's willing to do that, then I really think you should go elsewhere. Um, and so, therefore, places like pet stores are pretty much going to be out. They would be out for a lot of reasons, um, but they're certainly not going to meet that criteria. So I'm just saying be careful. Picking a dog just because it's a certain breed does not mean it's going to be one way or the other. I've seen dogs vary enormously within any breed of dog. So just kind of adopter beware. And uh, of course, I always see the end results where people are having problems. And uh, if you can avoid it in the first place, you're going to save yourself a lot of trouble. So that's one of the questions that you want to ask, not because you want to be an irresponsible person, but because then you're dealing with somebody who themselves is willing to be responsible. So anyway, that's my end of that speech. So we're coming, the show is coming to a close. And as I say, tune in next week for the medical edition, and I'll be back in two weeks. And if you want to call me off the air, contact me through my website. And that's about it. Have a great rest of your weekend. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.